0: Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode. Today I will have with me a very special guest which has also been a great friend over the last few months. He is the the founder of National Finance Brokers Day in Australia. He is also a co-host of um, birth LinkedIn Success Series along with Bruno and um, Janine, but not only that, he also is the initiator of Uberation, a show that is supposed to bring value into people's life, not only on personal but on professional level uh, levels as well. So I would like to welcome Dino Pacella with me. Hi, Dino. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation today. How are you? Andrea.
1: I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you for the, the kind intro and extremely kind words. You mm-hmm. were spot on.
0: The pleasure is all mine, You know, It's all mine. You have inspired me over time with your posts because, as I said, um, you have such an open mind that you, you spread good vibe and you make people follow you. But talking about following, do you consider yourself to be an influencer?
1: That, that word influencer doesn't sit well with me inside and I suppose I look at it from the, from the aspect of yeah I want to influence people, yes, but am I influencing one of these people where have millions of um, followers, millions of views, and I can make some real impact in the world. You know, fantastic if we can, but what I want to actually do is I ideally want to just impact one person every single day from a post that I've done. So ideally if I post twice a day in the morning and the evening. If Mm -hmm. I can hit one person with something positive, inspirational, educational, either from a business or a personal point of view, and I know that that person can walk away or they'll message me going, I saw this, you inspired me to do this, or whatever, you inspired me to reach out to a person which I haven't spoken to before, then Mm -hmm. that's enough for me. I I count that as a huge success. And if you want to put that in an influencer basket, Andrea, then you know what, yeah, we'll take it, but I'll never class myself as an influencer, maybe more as an individual impactor. How's that? Mm. i just made that up.
0: I like and, that.
1: Yeah, and, and I suppose Uber, Ubervation came about that, it, and I suppose it's evolved over the last 14 months into how can I make an impact to one person, and even though the official Ubervation video comes out every Wednesday, the post throughout the week is all about the impact that you can leave with somebody, so yeah, if I can be a, an impactor for one person each and every day, that's a huge success for me and that's why I utilize the social media platforms.
0: That's wonderful, and if there are people not following you right now, why should they follow you? If, if you're going to follow me, hopefully
1: you endeavor to get something, and it's something out of those three things, which is all what UberVation is about. So. Whether you're going to get inspired to do something that you've been putting off or you've been wanting to do for a while, if I can give you that little bit of inspiration, even if it's just for five minutes for you to make a phone call or get out and see that person, potentially grab the motivation that you need and and even the courage to step up and go, why can't I do that? And instead of saying can't, what, what possibilities are in it for me and other people that I can assist? And the third part of it is can I educate people and if they're doing what they want to do, can I help educate them, get better at what they're doing and assist more people? If you can help educate somebody, and again, we talked about it rather, it's from a business or a personal perspective, mm-hmm. then you can do that. And I think a perfect example of that was when I went through my divorce five and a half years ago. It was letting people know that, yeah, so many people go through this these days, but for right. people that have children in there, that understanding, that guilt of not seeing your children 24-7 to all of a sudden maybe only seeing them 50% of the time, mm-hmm. is that you can turn that around into an extremely positive factor and that internal guilt that those parents have and it's understanding that that will go. And mm-hmm. if I can share part of my personal journey and letting people know that you'll be able to get through it, all right? Just always challenge yourself when you're in a challenge, when you're in a challenging place, challenge yourself to think, what's next? How, how do I get past this rather than sitting on the floor and hugging yourself? And, and that's okay to do for a few, a few minutes, but how do you get out of it?
0: You're right. I, you're right. And I hope people follow me for that. And if I remember well, I think the video about your divorce was the first video I ever saw. On LinkedIn, and it inspired me because I was in in such a gray area of my life. you know i I was struggling with the decision to either get a divorce or not get a divorce, and um, watching your video was really empowering. and then on the other hand, I also remember your step up into courage video that you made with Omozwa another brilliant brilliant episode for all my series i ask people to introduce themselves to the world now in this series as we're talking about influencers right and i want to discover the person behind the influencer i'd like to please ask you do you have something in particular that you you never shared with anyone on social media
1: I think if I cast my mind back and I was oh God, I must have been six or seven like then I can't exactly remember the age but I had an extremely a very sweet tooth so I love the chocolates I love sugar along those lines and <laughs> and it was I remember one evening my my mother was cleaning the drain and in Australia we call it caustic soda mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. around the, world. So the drains got Stuck. You put that in, and you would put water on it, and it would bubble. It would really just break down the gunk in the in the drains. Right. And for some reason, my mother got called away, and she left it on on the sink, and it had no label on it. So I thought, oh, how cool is this? Uh, sugars containers out for me. I'll I'll grab it and have a teaspoon of it. And for anybody that understands the damage that caustic soda can do to a drain, could you imagine where that started doing to my to my throat? To oh my god let alone it getting to my stomach. So wow. I was extremely sick for a while um, in hospital. So I suppose I've never shared that. And it's a point where I was fortunate that my parents weren't far away and they rushed me to the emergency uh, ward at the nearest hospital and doctors did what they did. And I, and I was very fortunate that it, I, that it didn't get worse and I didn't actually die from it. So I'm always conscious what I put in my We <laughs> <laughs> The tweets I actually put in my mouth. But, I still have a sweet tooth, but not recently. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's probably something I've never shared across social media before.
0: I appreciate that. And we are also fortunate to have you with us today. <laughs> I mean, I thank God that nothing happened to you and that, you know, your parents and doctor took the necessary actions very quickly. On a different level, I want to ask you what is your best? It's
1: people being late. <laughs> so, punctuality is huge for me mm-hmm. in anything. Okay, mm-hmm. so personal work, whatever it is, if somebody says they're going to meet me at three o'clock, I'll be there at ten to three and I'll be waiting. So it, it, it's something that I endeavor to instill in, in my daughters that mm-hmm. if they say they're going to be somewhere or they say they're going to do something. Right. That they do it at the time that they said they're gonna actually do to it. And it's you, you can say it's all about keeping promises these days, Andrew, but mm-hmm. Promises are so easily broken these days. It's right. uh, busy, reschedule or sorry, the traffic was bad. But you know what? Everybody else can stick to a time. So mm-hmm. I think you've got to cut out the excuses, cut out the stories that you tell yourself. And if you make a commitment to somebody, you stick through it. So cancelling and punctuality is probably my pet peeves. I would
0: say. Okay, and I think I get an idea why is that. Is it related <laughs> to self-respect?
1: Yeah, I think it's respecting the person that you made a commitment to. Mm-hmm. But it, it, all, it does also go to respecting yourself in the okay. sense that turning up every day. So if you promise five people that you're going to meet them that day, that you have enough respect for yourself that your promise and your commitment mean something to you. Right. as well as to the people that you actually make that commitment to. So not only should you be on time, but you should be able to go there, talk about what you said you're going to talk about and add some value to, to them because time is a precious commodity and you don't want to waste your own, let alone other people's.
0: That is very true. Talking about respecting the others, let me quickly ask you, if you were to choose between judging and labeling a person, which would you choose? <laughs> That's a
1: really good question. And it's... It's something that I endeavor not to do, okay, judging or labeling, because assumption 90% of the time is wrong. And I think if, if people are having a perception or are judging me, I look at it in the sense that, can I create an opportunity where they can speak to me, even if that's for a short period of time, either online or by what we're doing today, Mm -hmm. and give people that opportunity, create that opportunity so people can understand your values, your beliefs, what makes you tick. And I think that's important that you give people the opportunity to learn about them rather than judging or putting a label on people because it, it is so easy to judge people these days with the amount of social media and the amount of technology we have available. And we do it on... We watch a reality TV show and we go, God, I absolutely dislike that person because of xyz but they could be putting that on for the camera they could have instructions from the director to behave in a certain way there could be somebody annoying them something's happened at home whatever but unless you're giving that person the opportunity to say hey that was only me because I I had a really bad day my god something bad could have happened and you're not allowing that person to say hey that's not the real me this is this is me then I endeavour, I, I try my best not to judge or label people as difficult as they may be sometimes. So creating the opportunity to get to know people is what I like to do. Hope that answers that question.
0: Right, right. And I agree because I think it's all about understanding the others, right? Instead of, you know, being so quick to judge and place them in a box that they may not fit into.
1: A- absolutely, absolutely. You can't put everybody in, in the same box because you never you you have no idea what their what their challenges are what they're dealing with in every life what they've gone through mm-hmm. so they always say never judge a book by its cover but i suppose you never judge a person by what you see online <laughs> i suppose oh, that's what that's what a, fact. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, a and fact. that's
1: very very difficult
0: but talking about talking about boxes you you brought up um a word that is really, really sensitive to me. Talking about boxes, do you think that we as humans should actually box each other and create different boxes in which we should place the others or should we should we rather try to, you know, tear down the walls of a box and look beyond them and, you know, try to be more acceptance to, to our peers and to people from, you know, different religions or, uh, beliefs or orientations, what do you think?
1: I think we need to be accepting of everybody. Everybody has different cultures, different beliefs, different religions, different political views, mm-hmm. and you need to respect everybody and, and their views. And not everybody's going to agree with you, and that's okay. Right. And you're not agree with everybody, but you know what? That, what, that's what makes us fantastic individuals, that's what makes us such a fantastic race. I think the challenge for probably 95% of people is when they're not getting what they want, or mm-hmm. they're not agreeing with somebody or vice versa mm-hmm. it's difficult not to put that person in that box right and all of a sudden not dislike them because they're not agreeing with your beliefs or they're not agreeing with something that you've done and and we see that and that's comes from the top all the, all the way down through the bottom if, if you want to start labeling governments and countries right when you see countries disagree what happens when you see religions disagree what happens there's some huge implications and it's that goes well beyond just my views there's so much to it that you need to you need you definitely everybody needs to be able to break down that barrier and and respect other people's beliefs cultures religions anything that we mentioned before so yeah absolutely boxes if we we touch
0: a this kind of of subject i know that um i've seen several videos of yours and posts uh, in which you stand up against discrimination and against injustice. You as influencer, um, how do you manage to inspire people to speak their minds to uh, take actions against discrimination?
1: Everybody has a voice. So, If I inspire people, we go back to the inspirational word that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if you've got something to say, then speak up, say it clearly, say it respectfully and say it as loud as you possibly can. And if it's in injustice, whether it's gender equality, let's say, for example, and that's probably a huge one for me, is put yourself in the position, whether it may be your mother, your father, your daughter, your son, your uncle, your auntie, your partner, husband, wife, whatever. Right. Put yourself in the position that if that was somebody that you love that was close to you, that was having that injustice done to them, Mm -hmm. how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And. How do you inspire other people to ensure that they're showing the right level of respect and treating everybody with that same level of respect that they deserve? And that's something that I that I strongly, strongly teach my girls all the time. Whether they're on social media, whether they're on face to face with Mm -hmm. their friends on the weekend or at a party, it's treat everybody with a level of respect. I don't care if they're hanging around people that you potentially don't get along with, but if they say hello to you, take that two seconds and say hello back. Have a smile to somebody. Don't belittle anybody. Don't put anybody in a corner and and make them feel small. Right. Because if they do that, they, they know their father's going to come down on them like a ton of bricks because if, that, if someone did that to them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't actually be too happy and I'd actually be standing up and having their back on them. So I expect them to be a role model for that and be a better class of person. Mm-hmm and ensure that other people follow suit. So if it's okay to stand out from the crowd and tell even your friends, if you think that they're not doing something right to somebody, to stand up and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. I don't think that's right. And if I can inspire people to to do that and get out from underneath the shadows of other people and not follow the status quo, then you need to do that. And gender equality is a huge one at the moment, but it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be talking about it as much. Plenty 2018, and we're still talking about different rights for females and males. That's to me, that's just ridiculous, right? We're we're all humans, and I, I don't understand why it's not all the same.
0: Ridiculous it is indeed, right? Because okay. you know, there's still so many, so many examples of injustice. But if you, um, you know, there are people that find their voices harder, or people that are not able to actually speak their truth for this kind of um situation what would you advise those people because they may be afraid of the consequences um they may have you know buried this stigma all their lives and now coming clean with it would be you know um, let's say a hit in their ego or something that they're afraid of judgment, right? They're afraid of people not seeing them in any other way. But what would be the message that you would like to send them to empower them?
1: Yeah. Look, if, if you need that support network to build that courage to be able to express your views and, and speak loudly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: get, get that circle of influence, get those circle, the people that belong to your circle of trust and allow them to support you in in your endeavors to speak about whatever you want right, right. To speak about your beliefs. so whether that's it whether that's a handful of close friends getting them and say listen I want to do this will you support me and I'm guessing if you're asking that type of question to the right people you, you mm-hmm. would hope that they would support you otherwise you're probably hanging around the wrong people
2: mm-hmm. so
1: get the support build up the courage by external Support from your friends and your loved ones to say, "Hey, you can do that. You are encouragement enough." And I suppose if you if you utilise social media, and if we put that influencer word back out there again, it <laughs> these people should be using. You can you can call it a power if you want, but they should be utilising it for the good and being able to. Right. Say, hey, listen, I, I can do it. I'm no different to, than you, right? I've got a head and a two arms and, and a heartbeat, you got got a head, two arms and an heartbeat, why can't you do it?
0: True, that's What's correct. Do,
1: what makes you make any different to me? Nothing.
0: That's right, and if we're thinking about it, I've seen videos empowering, really empowering videos of TEDx talks with people that were lacking an arm or both legs or both arms. And I recently saw um, a show on TV um, with with a guy that, went into a marathon and got over, got through it, even though he was missing both of his legs. There were obstacles and that man took each and every obstacle, he never went around it. He did exactly the same thing as all the other participants. So I totally agree with you that if he could do it and people that are disabled uh, of some stage, then I'm sure that everyone that it's not, um, that, that has issues in speaking up can, can do it further on. I reckon that you are not really fond of the word influence. But let's say, what does <laughs> making an impact to someone's life mean to you? Making someone's life
1: better. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, I, and I always talk about making a difference to one person each and every day, and, and that's not, God, that's not giving somebody $100 every day, Right, could be. There could be. You notice a work colleague that's having a really bad day, and they're a bit down. It's actually just going up to them and going, "Hey, what's wrong? Do you want to have a five minute talk about something?" It it could be. It could be you catching public transport and and you walk you jump onto a bus and you Mm -hmm. actually say to the bus driver, "Thank you so much for actually taking everybody around, let alone me today." Mm -hmm.
2: That's really.
1: Yeah, I think it's little things that. 99% 99% of people don't do these days is actually going out of your way to do it and I'm very fortunate that with my partner that she does that probably even better than what I do <laughs> and she has a natural gift for it
2: mm-hmm. and a
1: great example was last year we were on a flight from Perth to Brisbane
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we were sitting on uh, they had three seats and then the aisle and three seats so it was just a 737 plane. And we're both sitting on the aisles and she was sitting near two young boys. I think they were probably about six and eight. And they were, the boys were going to Brisbane to see their parents. Mm-hmm. And my partner for a five and a half hour flight sat there and entertained these two young boys. as oh,
2: if, wow.
1: ten years. Now that's extremely difficult to do, let alone when you're on a flight and these boys are playing up. They want to draw. They want to watch their iPads.
2: Mm-hmm. And...
1: And what I saw was not only that she was helping these two young boys, but the stewardess actually came came past and was giving my my partner some a bottle of wine to mm-hmm. say thank you because she was helping not only the boys, but she was helping the stewardess right. create further time to look look after the rest of the passengers rather than managing these these two young boys and ensuring that they were okay on this five and a half hour flight. So I think a lot. I think that stays with me a lot when. If my partner can do that for five and a half hours, I'm sure I can do five minutes every single day. So she's wow. she's an amazing woman. So I get a lot of inspiration <coughs> from her. So I'm quite lucky. Wow.
0: Well, from, your, from your story, she definitely is. I mean, yeah. you What's know, me? I'm not sure how many people would take their time to just go and entertain two kids for God's sake. I mean, it's we're talking about kids, which, as you said, are really hard to get entertained And um, especially these days when, you know, electronics are over all over the place and kids like them, kids love them. But yeah, it's, wow. That's a wonderful story. I imagine that if I were to ask uh, you about a person that you consider as being an influencer or an impactor, you would go for your, your partner because of the story that he told you, right?
1: I think it probably goes beyond just the story, Andrea. Like she, she actually works in the disability services or disability wow. industry. Wow, okay, I got it. So her job is she has clients where she gets them out of their homes and gets them into the community around things that they want to do, so mm-hmm. something that they want to learn. So a couple of her clients uh, are wanting to learn how to paint and set mm-hmm. up social media pages and share their, their artwork. One wants to learn how to cook, Mm-hmm. So she's got special equipment, and I'm lucky. She's a fantastic cook. But she gets this special equipment and teaches them certain recipes that they could do, and encourage them to do that. Gets them out to do acting classes, and I've seen them with these clients. And she, as I talk about treating everybody with the same level of respect, I mean she does that with she. She makes it look. Easy and, and I, I suppose I shouldn't say that because it shouldn't be easy, it should just be normal, right? Right, but she, she does it as if it's. And she talks about some of the challenges that her clients have, and when she comes home and she mentions that, it's just like it puts my day into perspective. It's like, wow, you've done that, and you're dealing with people with real challenges in the world, let alone me that I'm complaining because somebody's five minutes late to a meeting,
0: right? Right. Th- this- admirable. I mean it's it's interesting to see my own reaction right now because we shouldn't be, you know, so we as humans should see kindness as a natural thing and not be, you know, overwhelmed when hearing such a story or going into house so much just because we learn about a person that is so kind. This says a lot about us as as people. As well right because at some point I think we may be craving um, for what we never had and we are trying to project over others values that we maybe would have won at some point in time to have been projected over us what do you think about it do you agree with it
1: yeah ab- absolutely I think it's it's about having the right people and I think I'm- I'm thinking more and more about it, and I'm very extremely fortunate.
0: You are. I, am.
1: <laughs> I have that. Yeah, I, I am, and I I think I wake up every morning and I think about that. You know, it's like
2: mm-hmm. as
1: well as what I see her do, it's how much of an impact can I actually bring to others. So yeah, I I, I always want to do more, and if, if I look at inspirational people around me, and and there's there's, there's a handful of people that. I know that do that and, and can do it well and can mm-hmm. do it selflessly right. and make it look extremely easy. But how many people actually do it and go there with a smile on their face and come home with a smile on their face knowing that it doesn't matter how challenging the situation may be, that they know that they've made an impact and it's that impact. It doesn't need to be huge. It can be 1%. It doesn't always need to be 100. Right,
0: right. Right. I like that. I mean, coming back with a smile from work—it's something really rare these days, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't, but, I don't see it as work. I think she just sees it as her helping people.
0: Yeah. So keeping things a bit on the same on the same page, um, I understand that you having the partner that you do probably are getting involved in several um, activities that support. Um, Uh, humanitarian causes or if not it was just a thought you know just a thought but let um let's imagine that you could you know have all the options on the table and why would that be and how would you choose to support that cause
1: so many things i feel strongly about and i suppose if i look back at around um gender equality would would probably be one and that would probably be my top one, because of, of having young girls as well as a partner, and and I know close female friends who, you, know, you could say harassed mm-hmm. and have been treated only just because they're a female. Wow! So that that really pisses me off. <laughs>
2: Excuse okay. my
1: that if I bloody see a male doing that. You you guarantee you're gonna get you're gonna have a hard time for me.
0: If I remember Thank well, you. that was your video about the be better uh challenge was, movement that you initiated was, at some point.
1: It was. It was a good um a good friend of mine who was again was due to have a fantastic week and was actually mm-hmm. spoiled by one absolute moronic male on what he thought was okay.
2: Yeah, that's and it's not.
1: And, and I understand we've been plastered with this all across the media for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. right? particularly stuff going on in the US. and There's been celebrities coming out left, right and centre, but it shouldn't actually actually take... We listen to the celebrities because they get the media, they get the publicity around it. Right. But I think if... Until it actually happens to somebody that you're aware of, you don't understand the full implications of it. Like just now in Australia, Andrea, we're seeing... Um, ads done by the local government around, it's starting from the beginning, it's starting from the home around, there's, mm-hmm. there's a boy and a, and a girl in a car that's come home from school and the, father go, the boy got in trouble because he did something to a girl at school and the father was like joking it off and then the girl said it and that sort of switched the father's mentality around it because it happened to, mm-hmm. to his daughter. And we're seeing these type of ads come out now. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's great. So really making a huge impact. Maybe we need to have more. We'll go back to the influencer word. Maybe we need more of these people actually standing up and making a real impact. And I, I think the only real impact you can do is actually saying, "Well, is there enough consequences for somebody's actions when when they misbehave in that in that way, and whether right. they treat a male or a female?" And I'm not saying it's only males that do it to females. There's females that do it to males.
2: That's correct. Right, so it,
1: That's correct. it's on the both both sides of the coin here. But I think you've got to have some real consequences. And until people understand and make them second-guess themselves, going, hold on, that, short, that thought shouldn't be coming into my mind and I definitely shouldn't be acting on it
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and changing the way the way people think. And I'm sure we will get there, but it's going to be a long, a long, sometimes painful road. But um, I know I'll do my bit and I hope I actually don't catch anybody doing it. Because, yeah. I might get in trouble myself with some of the actions because I'm so passionate. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah. we will get there. So that's that's some change that I would like to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll probably continue speaking my voice across social media about that. And we do, we, we get a lot of support when we put stuff out there like that. And there's a lot of people that have the flip side to it, but that's okay, okay. Uh, because not, everyone, not everyone's gonna agree with you.
0: So. Okay, um, I, I have two questions here that are related And I'm afraid of losing them. So um, the first question is, is in Australia where you are right now in the um, in the teaching system, is there any, uh, you know, any class that prevents bullying that teaches kids who may have a different environment at home and they may be seeing, you know, some violence, unfortunately, or something like that. How to treat other people in order to prevent bullying?
1: It's a good question. And I'm not 100% certain on the correct answer there, if there's actually specific classes for that. But a lot of schools across Australia will have counsellors in there. And Mm -hmm. as soon as they become aware of those situations, they do deal with it. And they do deal with it well enough in regards to actually speaking to the child if they need to get parents in there. Um, other industry professional services then they deal with it quite well so yes it's more prominent now than potentially when I went to school Mm -hmm. uh, but I think social media is playing a huge part on that as well because no longer it can people be bullied and harassed in the playground during nine till three Mm o'clock you can be harassed bloody sitting at the couch watching tv with a phone in their hand right I think there's It's such a wide demographic and schools are aware of this and they are aware of um, the online bullying aspect. And I know my daughter's school, they actually run after-hours education classes where you're encouraged to attend with your daughter Mm -hmm. and they have professors talking around the implications of social media, the implication of um, how to actually deal with somebody, what other services there are out in case you encounter that. So I suppose the answer is yes i don't know it to the full extent across all other schools so yeah it's something that i probably might even actually look into so thanks for the question
0: (laughs) my pleasure that's definitely one thing that i would like to to see implemented in in the country i'm in right now because i i mean we're making progress people start to understand the the effect of bullying between people between kids but you know on of government side there's nothing in place actually and you know you telling me that there's something at least similar something at least you know um touching this area in some way gives me the hope that there's there's still a future that can be brighter for our for our kids because if we're looking at you know people that Uh, unfortunately do crimes or any kind of ingestment um all this comes from childhood right so if you're not treated if you don't get the the, um, the attention that you want because that's one of the core reasons right you're doing whatever you can just to get the attention of other people right but in this way if we can or the government or the um Teaching institutions could implement this all over the world. I think that there would still be a hope that the, the the future would be brighter a bit. Absolutely. Now, the second question was related to the previous question to your cause. The second question was, um, why do we find that we need to um, somehow relate? to a cause just through the filter of not seeing a person who's really close to us getting you know um, being abused in that kind of way i mean you know we're talking kindness and things like that but on the other hand we're also looking at equality and equity between people but however if the person next to us who is the closest to us gets something, uh, gets affected, the impact is really, you know, exponentially grows than if we see a star facing this kind of situation. But in the at the end of the day, even the stars, even though they have all the money in the world, they're still people and sometimes they're lonely. So what can we do to kind of, you know, widen up, this this perception of not caring so very much just for the people that are so close to us but for everyone.
1: That's a big question. Right. And I think it's ensuring that you can you can endeavor to make that impact to as many people as you possibly can. And utilizing having the right mindset around social media to to say well if if I'm going to do that. Can I get it out there? Can I, can I get enough people behind me to share the why on why I want to do it? That sentence makes sense. Or the purpose around why I actually want to do it. And and getting some traction built up of it. It might be even taking that offline. So we, I talk a lot about social media on it, but there's stuff that you can do offline. There might be if you're educating yourself around a lot of uh, gender equality or a lot of causes that may be, close to you it might be going out to schools and saying hey i can do this presentation can mm-hmm. i come and do it or can i do it after school can i hold a seminar on it can i go into a workplace and help educate people on it so
2: hmm. that's very nice
1: but yeah i, I don't th- sometimes i think people will think too big and, and it's great to think big and say you want to actually make an impact around the your country or around the world Mm-hmm. But sometimes we need to start something small and, and build it from there, not the other way around because that can become extremely challenging and extremely frustrating. And that is how people throw their hands in the air and go, oh, I've had enough, I want to quit. But if you start it off small and build on it each and every day, make, it, make that impact to one person, as I always say, get them to join your cause, get another person and another person and have this whole halo effect that grows throughout the community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: then I think that's how you can inspire people and, and help educate because people want to get behind something that they believe in. Right. That's, that's how movements are caused. That's how anything happens. And that's how change happens. And that's, yeah. So I, I speak about what you believe in, get people behind you and endeavor to make change, but start from it all starts from an idea that you need to put that idea into, into action and be committed about it. Andrea, I think people come up with so many ideas, but the commitment and the follow through goes away when it becomes challenging.
0: We talked about causes. We talked about how we can influence people or impact, make an impact on people to be um, to see kindness from a different perspective. But if you had all the money in the world, how would you choose to to use your influence?
1: If I want to make some change, and if I want to make whatever it is. I would have to go, well, if I'm going to get the right people involved, how do I make actually change with having infinite amount of money in the world? Yes, I can get on TV and I can promote the cause. Does having enough people behind me create the right type of change that you're looking at? Or does it just create something that trends for two weeks and then it dies off? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Having the infinite amount of money, can I get in front of decision makers? And if we're talking about governments here, or we're talking about influential Entrepreneurs, or or whatever it may be, is getting those other people on board and creating change from the top down. So I think there's a difference on how you can actually make that change. If you're trying to push it, and we're talking that you tell me I've I've got infinite amount of money here, right? So (laughs) if I'm trying to push change up from the bottom, that becomes extremely difficult and very, very heavy to manage. Exactly. But if I if I scoot to the top and make the change, then I can actually trickle it down to everybody. So governments across the world, if if I had that much money and I wanted to make change on gender equality and I wanted accountability to match the consequences, then, you know, I'd get an hour-long speaking at the next UN summit and I would sit there and represent the world, let alone Australia. And I would say, this is what we're doing. And I would have have the the president and the (laughs) prime minister and I would have... The ten most influential business people sitting right behind me, going, "We're backing you," mm-hmm. and uh, if you had enough power to do that. Yeah, it's great. But and having them enough money to do that, fantastic. But should we be able? Should should changes happen just because you have money? So there's there's so many sides to that question, Ingrida. But I've, <laughs> I've answered it just on what you've given me. I, I won't go off on a tangent because I'll probably be here for another ten minutes.
0: It's interesting because that's one of the business principles, right? Going from the top down and making a culture work from the top to the bottom. Is this correct? I mean, do you think that uh, from what I learned from the business series that I'm running and from different posts on this platform and real life as well, um, CEOs should be the ones to influence people downwards and afterwards, you know, when when getting to the lower level, just because we call it the lower level, that that doesn't mean that people are not are less valuable, but um, and when getting to, to, to the people that are doing you know those repetitive tasks and everyday uh, huge amount of work, then only then we can um, make a change right in and we can make our business profitable. So what is your take on on the business side? If you were the CEO of a company, how would you influence the entire system in your company? What would be the first thing that you would like to have implemented into your company?
1: I think think you need to care about the people that are working in the company Mm -hmm. and care about them as as humans, Mm -hmm. not just about numbers that are actually generating a revenue for the company. I like that. And, and that starts from, yeah, it starts from the CEO mm-hmm. and it filters down to his execs and the board and, and that filters through to regional managers, area managers all the way through. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you you need people on, on the bus for the right journey and wherever you're heading on that bus, you're ensuring you've got the right people on there. So I think identifying if you have got the right people, if not, they may, might need to get off at the next bus stop and Find an alternative route to get to where you need, where you want them to get to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and but displaying it, leading from the front, showing that you know I'm, I'm maybe the CEO of this company, but I want this company to stand for X, Y, and Z, and this is what I'm going to do to do that, and I'm going to care about your actions and how you do that, and ensuring that when we're not, you're not coming to work just to get a pay packet every week or every fortnight, you're actually coming to work because. Your understanding in the vision and the model of this company that we can make a difference to our customers, right? whatever whatever business that may be. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that is now so easily um, seen by people when it's not genuine, is they understand leaders when they're not genuine, and people will. When we read so many about it, people will actually leave jobs there's a high percentage of people leaving jobs because of their leaders or their managers not actually caring about their their own development and them as a person, rather than actually leaving a company. So people will join another company because they believe in what the leader is. Um, The the way and the culture that they've developed there. And I I know to me that my leader treats everybody in his team as humans. Your conversation that you may have with them every few days is, Half of it is all about what's happening in your life, how, how they can make it better, have you got the right arrangements in place at work, at home to make your work the mm-hmm. most productive it can be. It's not the other way around. Right. And that's probably why my latest company called last seven years. Mm-hmm. Carrying about the people, ensuring that you're actually treating people as humans and understanding that people, people are humans. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn different, right. different things and in different ways. I think if people can understand that, mm-hmm. then I think that's the basis to form a good
0: culture. So, do you think that a company, right, a business should also have this kind of culture involved, this, uh, this aspect involved, you know, to pay attention to how people feel, right? And to, yep. to receive constant feedback and accept it because if you receive feedback and you don't accept it, then there's no use.
1: I always look at Andrea. That a quick answer to that question is not having a work-life balance, but having a holistic view on how you actually operate your life, and ensuring your personal, your business, your education, whatever it may be, all encompasses into the one. So right. you're not juggling five or six balls; you may be just juggling one, and I like one that. is one is encompassed encompassed in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really difficult for people to get ahead around people want to leave work at work or want to leave their home problems at home but mm-hmm. if something's extremely challenging has happened at home it's going to affect you you can't always go into work and have a professional face on if you're dealing with clients yeah you can be that professional that you can sort of put it aside for an hour but we are not human outside of that you, you need people where you can count on them. You should be able to go to a leader and have an honest conversation. Say, so, "Listen, this has happened. I need some guidance. Well, this has happened. Well, what do you think I should do?" And I think that is where a strong culture is formed. It's all about being comfortable and having the well-being and ensuring your well-being and your wellness is the same for the business that you're actually working in. And if if companies understand that your wellness is just as important as the revenue that you're generating for that business then you're going to stay there a hell of a lot longer than another company that may only see you as a revenue generator
0: you've touched some sensitive points that i totally agree with because i've witnessed a few of them keeping it on the on the business level what is national finance brokers day um what's the purpose what's the message and how did you come to uh to how did you come up with the idea of creating something that maybe, maybe people might not have accepted, but you were so passionate about that you put it out there? So, what's the story behind it?
1: The National Finance Brokers, they all started because I work with finance brokers, mortgage brokers in Australia, which play a huge part in getting people into, into homes, upgrading their homes, building mm-hmm. wealth portfolios, whatever it may be. And I've been in my current role now for five years. So, when I did start, I was learning a lot about the industry. I was thinking, I was doing a lot of Google searches and there wasn't a lot of positive stories around the success finance brokers are having in the marketplace for consumers. And I thought, well, we need some more education about what these professionals do. We need some more awareness built throughout the, throughout the market in Australia, let alone just in Perth where I'm on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we do that? So I reached out, we have two industry bodies in Australia that um, all brokers need to be a member of. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to them with this idea going, hey, we can have a, an official day every year, but how do we continue building the momentum throughout the year? So to get the, the best outcome for somebody who's looking at potentially maybe buying their first home or looking at purchasing an investment property or they find themselves in a difficult situation with a loan they have, whatever it is,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: understanding how to actually get the right advice, how to get the right guidance to ensure they get the best structure and the best outcome. And I strongly believe having brokers in Australia do that because they have a wide variety of options that they could do Mm -hmm. and they can select from and they can present to. They've got so many experts around them that they can talk to, to go and find out solutions for their customers. Mm -hmm. And I want, I wanted the consumer market to understand that there are options. It's not just so much of, hey, it's just a broker getting you a loan to buy a house. It's, you're actually wanting a dream to own your own home, if, if that's the dream. And how do you actually get a professional to take you on that journey? Mm-hmm. And then how do you actually get the professional to stay with you on that journey? And vice versa, how does a professional stay with you on that journey after you've actually moved into that place? So there's a lot to it, rather than just doing an application.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: all about a relationship and that journey service. So th- th- it, that's a really long-winded answer on how I came up around national finance, but I had the right people, got a fantastic support network around it. There's a very influential gentleman in Australia in the finance industry who supports me every year. And he does that purely because he believes in the message that I want to spread. And
0: wow, that's, that's so
1: there, nice of you. Yeah, we don't I don't monetize it, so I don't make any money out of it. I do mm-hmm. it because I have a passion and I believe in it. And he jo- he joins me because he understands that. He understands that I don't need I'm not utilising his his reputation and his brand to make me money. Mm-hmm. I'm utilising him to spread the message to the consumer right. market. And it's growing and there's a lot there's a lot more work, but it's been going for three three years now. So it's getting bigger and bigger every year, as I mentioned. It's all about starting with that small idea, and getting actions into place every single year and making it bigger and bigger. So um, it all takes time, but um, I suppose with passion, you invest the time into it to ensure it's a success.
0: I'm really happy to see two brilliant minds joining forces to actually go and you know try to change the world and change at least one perspective at a time in regards to something that it's actually critical for every person right because we all have the right to have a home and if we want to make it our own we definitely need the 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 proper guidance so I'm I'm really happy that this is spreading and expanding and uh, you know to see it growing over time only three years I'm sure that in 10 years that would be you know spread all over Australia and uh, uh, meaning that People will believe in it, and people will want to take part of,
1: in it. I've seen America has a National Mortgage Broker Day now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had their first one this year, and I'm endeavouring nice. to contact those people to find out how they actually came up with that. And potentially, we, we can maybe do a nas- uh, an international day in a few years' time. That we'll, get, we'll wow. get Australia perfect, or as close to perfect as possible, and then we'll branch that out, because America's quite big on it, as well as uh, the UK.
0: What would be the best advice, the, the strongest advice or the, the most important lesson that you learned over the years and that you would like to uh, tell the people to empower them for, uh, for the day or for the future? Who knows?
1: I'll utilize the analogy that I've, and you've probably seen this across social media, that I've come to fruition in the last couple of years that I use as much as I can do around flipping the M in the me. So Andrea, I don't know. Yes, I like that. that. It's creating that we factor and making sure that as much as you can do is all about us. It's not mm-hmm. always what's in it for you. And I suppose that, that comes along with a, with a personal brand and I suppose that I flip that switch around working on a brand that encompasses what I could do for other people instead of just showcasing my own area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot to do that. It took people's perceptions, people, people's judgment, people labeling me, for me to actually look at it and go, well, maybe there is a basis there that I actually need to listen to that feedback. They've mm-hmm. given me the opportunity to, to grow from that. And yeah, I'll concentrate now on flipping the M and we concentrate on the week. So if you if you do it, do it for the right reasons, go out and do it. Everybody needs to start somewhere um my old my daughter's karate sensei always used to say a black belt was always a white belt that was in training right so start from somewhere everybody does
0: that's a marvelous message thank you thank you again so very much for joining me today dino and i wish you have a marvelous evening
1: wonderful thanks love lovely speaking to you and spending time with you thank you so much